0: It's a unique world down here on the farm. What's so special about Bonnarooge for you guys? Well, it's, it's special because it's like no other festival. I yeah. mean, it's, it's huge. It's, it's almost overwhelming at times because you get a little piece of everything. Sure. You don't really get that at any other festival. It's kind of the Super Bowl. You make a sports analogy. What the hell is this? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like, Brian, yeah, <laughs> Brian. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Note to self, don't change for anyone. Note to self, don't die. Should be a note to all of ourselves. Welcome in to the most downloaded, the most listened to, the most easily accessible podcast in the southeastern region. It's the weekly dose for June Fourteenth, twenty seventeen. Happy Wednesday to you, or happy whatever day it is that you found the show. Today's show is the Bonnaroo Wrap Up, and what a weekend it was, incredible friends, incredible people, incredible music, incredible weather, people being nice to each other, people respecting one another, isn't that, isn't that such a strange concept nowadays? And I got a few pieces I'm going to look at in the final segment of the show, um, just from around the internet. One in particular from The Consequence of Sound, Twitter handle and a website and app I like to follow. uh, That gives a pretty good perspective of the festival all the way around and its evolution and how it's been able to stay one of the most relevant Um, festival music rock and roll entities uh, in the world even though they've stumbled a little bit here recently really more specifically in 2016 as far as some uh, ticket sales numbers those are up I'll get to that here in a matter of a little while as well at the the, the tail end of the final segment Uh, we'll get to those attendance numbers and medically related uh, issues and it can sometimes be awfully high there has been a few deaths at the festival over the years it is sometimes in some of the hottest heat you'll get sun is uh, blazing down on a farm for three four five days if you don't take care of yourself you could get yourself in a lot of trouble a lot of those numbers way down lots of positivity not only just from people having fun but positivity from the numbers of a festival that really really desperately needed it i'll get to that towards the tail end i'm gonna just kind of Step-by-step tell you about the weekend that I had. It started on Wednesday night, and I'll get to that in just a minute or two. And then I do have a stone's throw complaint. One complaint about the festival this year, and it isn't about the festival at all. But we'll start the weekend on a Wednesday. And right off the bat, I need to give thanks. I'll do it at the front and the back end of this to three people. In uh, working together, or not necessarily together, the three of them, but between me and these three, they made me, and a new friend of mine that I was really wanting to spend the weekend with, made our accommodations incredible. And I've had incredible accommodations for basically 13 years, but those were a little bit in jeopardy. Brad Steiner helped me out on a a media end that I couldn't get anywhere else. Thank you very much, Brad. And Barry Corder and Leslie Dale from the Chattanooga Times Free Press helped me out to get a, uh, a secondary angle on access, and it made the weekend that was already going to be very, very fun and and really just most likely, no matter what the access, pretty epic all the way around, it, this made it about as good as it could possibly be. So thank you to all three of them right off the bat. But So I get there Wednesday night, and I head on in because they let the media in Before the general public and they start letting the general public in around midnight on Wednesdays. These days, it's basically whenever the traffic gets so bad that the interstate starts to get bottled up, they open up the gates, but they, they let the media in, in, in in advance. And so you can go into the center area, which is the venue itself. I mean, there's all the acres and hundreds of acres of camping on the outside but there's what the walls that can in with the with the let's see it's now three stages and two tents. And then other real smaller stages and, and other kinds of art vendors and um and, and and different kinds of performers all inside of this area that pretty much goes almost twenty four hours a day once things get started on Thursday. But one of my favorite days of the year, because I'm the biggest geek in the world, is I like to go on that Wednesday before they open the gates to go walk around in the grounds and just see the stages as they're testing lights and see the 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 vendors and how they're just they're stacked up together and how they look and who's new and who's not and, and what what you just just where there's only like a hundred people walking around. And it's just so much fun. I mean and and I I didn't have parking to get back there. So I had to walk from where I got my credentials. Let me back up before I get to getting the credentials. I head up there. Check in for media is between 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. If you miss it at 10, they don't open again until 10 a.m. the next day. So I'm running late because I had to to work. And so I'm heading back. I'm, I'm looking like on just from a mileage and a clock standpoint that I should get there with about an hour to spare. Well, that was before I got off on Highway 41 on what I thought was going to be a clear uh, backway, a back road that usually works. Didn't work this time. And I got stuck in gridlock. Now, this isn't traffic that's going to move because they haven't opened the gates yet. So you got to figure out a way to get off of that and get around. Luckily, I don't know my way around real well, but between Google Maps and my understanding of the city, I was able to get around it. But every minute I saw just counting down. That minute getting counting down. And I had to take like a 15-minute detour through just rural Tennessee, rural just outside of Manchester to get to this hotel to get this to get checked in by 10 o'clock. If I don't get checked in by 10 o'clock, I'm stuck outside for, for the next 12 hours. I can't get in the festival. I got nothing to do. Might as well just drive back home or drive to Nashville. But then I got to put up with all this mess again the next day probably. So this is concerning situation so I get in there and I I finally find that way around and I'm counting down the minutes and I and I see that it looks like it's gonna work out and it did I got there 15 minutes to spare hauled in there got my credential and then realized well now I don't know how exactly I'm gonna get on the property because I can't drive over there people that I camp with do drive over there they have the parking passes but they won't be there until till late morning the next day so I decided to just cut through some yards and cut through some property and kind of come in on the back end a little bit. It's about a mile and a half walk probably and I got down to the to, to where we normally drive in took a little while no big deal made a drink the first gin and tonic of the uh, of the festival was poured and walked up to the gate and I mean they did just say hey, what's up nothing much just finding my friends okay, see you later just walked right on in. And then did my thing Remember that I've done now for three or four years in a row. Took pictures of the of the festival site and flooded social media. So that was great. Did that for a while. Had a couple beers that I brought in a backpack and then walked on back. It, uh, you know, that took a few hours, but it was, again, I'm, I'm a weird dork. I like that kind of stuff. So now it's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I got to call it a night. So I'm going to walk back to the hotel, get in the car, go to sleep. Just sleep in my back seat. Well, I get in there. And I borrowed my mom's car, and so I, I hit lock, and I I'm a little I'm a little buzzed up and took some Benadryl because I always have terrible sinus problems uh, up there on the farm or really anywhere in general, and so I'm a little dosed up, mixed up with some booze, and then I I wake up at the, about I don't know like 5 a.m. and I want to get some water out of the trunk and I unlock the door, and manually this is like a a, a 2000 13 or 14 Camry you know all power nice as it could be way better than anything I've ever used to driving and I open the door and the you know what damn alarm goes off I mean just wah, wah. So, I mean, in the middle of the night or five o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning whatever it was I'm startled out of my head I'm freaking out I didn't even know the damn car had an alarm and so I'm drastically looking for the keys luckily they're in my pocket or right next to me or something and I hit, you know, turn it off. I just hit unlock. Hopefully that turns it off, and it did. So that was a little, uh, I don't know, that kind of sucked. But anyway, in the end, worked out pretty well. So d- disaster reverted, went back to sleep, got up later on in the morning, and then walked back into the festival. And when I got in, this now on a Thursday, the festival's open, and things are about to get started, but I still don't have the parking. And I, as I walked down the uh, the, the campground area... You know, about an hour later after I travel in, well, there's Barry Corder from the Times Free Press and Leslie Dale. I was like, hey, guys, awesome. Let's hang out. So we went and chilled for a little bit, went down into uh, to Center Roo as it was now open. Got a double uh, old-fashioned, uh, a little early in the morning, but hey, why not? And then we do a Facebook Live. They were like, hey, do you want to do a Facebook Live with us? Because they got a really popular feed on their Facebook page. It got like 5,000 hits or views or listens or pokes or whatever's from multiple countries all over the this country it was uh, it was pretty cool we walked around talked about the festival it was a gorgeous cool nice crisp morning it could have been a better start so that was fun then just bounced around did some stuff watched the hockey game which was a disaster that night crashed out early got ready for friday then my friends, uh, other friends, came up and just start to all meet together. And then Friday is when everything really starts. When everything that really matters starts. I mean, a lot of people enjoy Thursday, but usually it's a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Now going into this year, I thought for the last four months, five months, whenever the lineup came out, it's like this lineup sucks, man. This lineup sucks. Yeah, I was wrong. I F'd that one up. I'm so I'm sorry if I if, if at any point. I persuaded you if you weren't sure and you just heard you know an opinion from me saying this lineup sucks. I'm a i am apologize. I was wrong. It didn't suck. I just wasn't sure. And so uh, some other friends get in and then I start bouncing around catching a bunch of different shows and and later on in the in the uh, podcast here I'll have a few cuts from uh, soundboard recordings thanks to uh, Red Bull TV and uh, that'll be coming up here in a few minutes as well but for the first time in a very very long time i actually saw a bunch of damn music and it was incredible many years over the last i don't know at least most of this decade i have worked from live not recordings and like you know satellite stuff where i pr- i produce something and then send it off through you know the iphone or whatever Back to radio stations. Every year, I did live, no-net radio shows, cut-ins, from Backstage room It was very stressful because it wasn't just, here, I'll spend an hour, I'll make like six recordings, and I'll send them to you, and you pick the best one. No, this was, hey, uh, bro, live, go. Don't mess up. That's difficult. Luckily, I've, I'm pretty good at it, but it's difficult, and it's stressful so I would take the first two days, Thursday and Friday, and prepare for whatever that work was going to be that weekend. Sometimes it was more, sometimes it was less, and I loved it and I'm not mad and I'm not complaining. I I really enjoyed it. I and people would be like, "Man, you haven't even seen one band. It's been a day and a half." Like, "Dude, you don't get it. I'm having more fun now than you could ever imagine. It doesn't matter what the band is. Okay? They're going to just insert some band here. I'm having more fun over here than going to see that band. I didn't care. But it, it, it really did limit me some years. Well, this year I didn't have to do that. And the podcast itself, the Stone on Air brand itself, was not credentialed specifically. So I didn't owe anybody any specific work. And when you get credentialed, they you know have to. It'd be in your best interest though, to produce some kind of work, some kind of um validation for them giving you the access. But I'd have to do that. So I just started seeing music early Friday into Friday evening, then um and then I and then I was able to get my uh, extra passes and then uh, a friend of mine uh Taylor came and met me and we me and her hung out all weekend and she knew some of these bands better than I did. And it was just kind of like all right, let's just go. Where are we going next? All right, where are we going next? And I got out my list Today, because I, I had to just kind of go back and remember, I saw 19 bands. 19 bands in three days. I would bet you that I haven't seen 19 bands collectively at Bonnaroo in maybe not the entire decade, but I'd say at least the last five years. And part of that is because when I see music at Bonnaroo, I generally set up for front-to-back show and then rest and recuperate. Then, you know, rinse and repeat. Front-to-back show, then go back to camp. That takes a lot of time, and it keeps you from being able to see multiple shows. This was a hop around. Check this out. We'll do this. We'll hit that up for a minute. And and that, since I know the lay of the land so well, it was very easy to do. And man, was it fun. I'm going to just run down the list real quick. YouTube, 2 Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Weeknd, Lord, The XX, Cage the Elephant, The Head and the Heart, Humphreys McGee, Portugal the Man, Milky Chance, Cold War Kids, John Bellion. I still don't even know who he is, but I remember it was fun. That's all I remember for sure. Car Seat Headrest, James Vincent McMorrow, War Paint, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Ever heard of them? Likely you haven't. The Bluegrass Situation Super Jam, hosted by Ed Helms, Klangstoff, and Leon. Every one of those, I saw at least two or three songs, more like four or five songs from each single one of them. And that was a lot of fun. I mean, that that was ridiculously fun. And so I was asked earlier today when I was was talking to, uh, to her about putting this together, what was your top five? I was like, huh, I don't know. I guess I better think about it. Let's see. I'm just going to start from the very front because I know what the best show of the weekend was. Cage the Elephant. Stupid good. Dumb, stupid good. If you get a chance and you like rock and roll, Cage, you need to see. I put number two, Milky Chance. I might switch that with the next one, but they were right up there. I I wish we could have seen more of them. We got there a little late. Car Seat Headrest. I put it number three. Again, that could be interchangeable with um, Milky Chance. And all of the three or four of these could be uh, interchanged. Car Seat Headrest was fantastic. This band is an incredibly eclectic lyrically and musically. Um, I would uh, I would give it a, a, a look or a listen or both if you get an opportunity. Dumbest band name ever, but Milky Chance isn't exactly a great band name either. So you see, where was I? Uh, number four, I put Portugal the Man. It's a little late. I didn't get to see all of it. I was a little disappointing, um, but it was still very cool. And then I just put a tie for the next two because these two blew me away. I couldn't believe how cool they were. The weekend and Lord, I put them both there as kind of an equal, surprising, fun. Want to at least you'll mention in the top five or six. The weekend closed out the show. It's a pop rock, or not rock, a pop rap hip hop artist. Um, I guess it's just one guy, black guy. I, I guess there's plenty of people making music up there, and that was surprisingly fun. And for all you people and, and, and crappy, embarrassing, s- stupid Riverbend, and you, oh, fireworks night, can't wait to see the fireworks. Once again, that embarrassingly dumb festival doesn't know what they're doing even with the damn fireworks. This, thing, this was as an, an, an impressive a fireworks show as you'll ever see before his set was even over choreographed with the music to some degree and then going off after the set was over to officially end Bonnaroo Riverbend your fireworks suck along with almost everything else you do and then Lord had a bunch of um technical problems of sorts never really knew what it looked like there were some lights out it looked like the Bonnaroo sign itself might have had some uh had some lighting problems for this. And she came out and it was even like, hey, and you couldn't see anything because it was dark. She's like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm, I got to figure this out. And then they had another guy come out like twice and it's like, please be patient. We're going to get this show in in its entirety, which I appreciated them coming out and saying that. Then she came out, played the show for the entire time and the solid hour that she was supposed to, which was kind of cool in the end because it pushed everything a little bit later and didn't make us have to end quicker than we had to because these were both Sunday night. And, I mean, Lord is, um, you know, I don't know a lot about her, know a little bit more now than I did, but she's an international superstar, and it was impressive. It was impressive stuff. So, I walked away not knowing who almost any of these bands were. I probably knew who four or five of them were, and now I have 19 collective that I saw in one weekend, and it was, uh, man, it was fun. Uh, Yeah, U2, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I got some clips from some of their stuff here in a minute. U2 is part of the Stone's Throw and uh, Cold War Kids is on that list They still didn't make the top 5 But that was sure was awesome War Paint was great And um, I guess I'll put the wraps on that right now I'll get you those numbers as far as attendance And safety And perspective Coming up in the third segment of the show But first, some of you that complain about the same old stuff Over and over again Need to shut up Heads up It's Stone's Throw Wait, what? Oh, whoa Back up the truck What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me, I'm stupid, I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? I'm gonna start this off by saying that I do not like YouTube. I don't really like them much at all. I mean, they have a handful of songs that are okay one or two i like a lot but in the end i don't understand why they are this internationally renowned like biggest band on the planet i just it, it, it boggles my mind but that's fine i don't care that doesn't matter that's not the point here what i do love are people who are true to their values true to their convictions true to their uh To to their battle cries To their missions in life And one of my favorite people on the planet If any of you guys are close to regulars You know this It's Eddie Vedder And Eddie falls into the same category As Bono does And the difference is I love Eddie Don't really care about Bono But I, I, I truly value and respect The position from which they come from And the way they present their message, and the way they present their incredible art forms. And even though that I don't like you two, I can't deny the the smashing 35-year success. Just like if you don't like Pearl Jam, you can't deny the same thing for them, which is more like 25 years. But Eddie and Bono come from the same place. They're very, very outspoken, and they're very, very passionate about what they do. And they're not going to stop doing it for anybody or for any reason or in any situation. Ever. Period. End of story. But there's still a certain amount of people who can't stop complaining out loud, bitching and moaning, and being the guy or the gal. Oh, I wish they'd just shut up and play their songs. Listen. Bro or gal. This isn't on them. This isn't on Bono. This isn't on Eddie Vedder. This is on you. You're the dumbass that went to a situation where you're guaranteed to get something. And then when you got it, you got mad. That shows a lack of brain functionality beyond anything I can comprehend. Nobody's forcing you to go to these shows. Nobody's suggesting you go to these shows and 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 trying to somehow mask or manipulate you into not realizing where what you're getting yourself into. Politically active bands like you two in Pearl Jam, Eddie and Bono, Michael Stipe and REM, Dixie Chicks back in the day, that's what they do. And if you go to that show and then you complain. You have a a very poor functioning brain. You don't get it. You don't understand. You're the problem. Not them. Not me. Not everybody else there. You are the problem. And I heard a lot of that again. Oh, here goes Bono doing all his political stuff. Well, of course that's what he's doing. Because that's what he does every time he gets on the stage. Every time, not sometimes, not occasionally Not every once in a while, not more than you'd like Every single time And that's Eddie Vedder also And I've been getting that for 25 years too I wish eddie just played a song, Shut Up No, you shut up Every single time So complaining about it makes you look like One of the most dullard simpletons on the planet Next time I go to a Ted Nugent show, racist-ass, Motor City madman Ted Nugent, and get pissed off because he hates Obama, is the time that you can call me the names. Because that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. Next time I go to a Hank Williams Jr. concert and get pissed off because rednecks are everywhere, waving rebel flags, and talking about how much they love maniacal demagogues that have been elected president? The time I do that is the time you can call me names and you can call me an absolute idiot because that's what idiots do. Don't be an idiot. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl, that woman, that man. Don't do it because you just look dumb. And I know you're not realizing it. Sometimes people aren't necessarily realizing they're doing it. Just understand now that you sound like the biggest fool in the building. God, I wish Bono would stop all this political stuff. Why? Why? If Ted Nugent wants to hate President Obama, fine. I'm not asking him to stop. I don't care. I don't support that mess. Hank Williams Jr. wants to say what he says? Fine. I don't care. I don't acknowledge that mess. Why do you care what Bono says? He's from Ireland for crying out loud. Why do you care what Eddie Vedder says? He's from Seattle. He doesn't represent this side of the country. And why is political activism looked at now as some? oh, I just wish everybody would just stop being so political. Why? If it's what you believe in, don't be a fraud. Don't be a fake. Don't mask your thoughts. Don't mask what you want to say. Just because someone tells you you shouldn't, don't do that. And don't complain. The people you know are going to say what they say. The clip from the show. From you two. On Friday night, live at Bonnaroo 2017. 19 bands in three days. That is an impressive run for me. And um, I appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate uh, Taylor Biko for helping me understand where I need to go next. Because I had never gone to the weekend had I not been said, you know, said, that's where we're going next. And, uh, man, that was awesome. Coming up next, I got numbers on attendance numbers, medically related issues that are down and the importance of the festival evolution. Also got some looks at some uh, the deal with Coffee County and how the money gets spread around. It's coming up for renewal as well soon here shortly. And hopefully it doesn't become a problem, but it might. This is the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Weekly Dose for June 14th, 2017. And I will be right back. For the furious and the faithful, let yourself be seen. Back. Is cool. On what was the process that was different this time about making this record? <laughs> well, you had to make a bunch of records beforehand to make this yeah. record. You was had to it, go to school for a it while. It was all yeah. of the processes yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah. much combined. We did everything we've ever done multiple times. We wrote a lot of songs. We tried the Prince approach, right? where you just write. We wrote about 50 songs and three to eight versions of each. Keep and welcome back to the podcast. That's audio courtesy of Red Bull TV and Portugal the Man. This is live from their late night set on Friday night at Bonnaroo 2017. Friday was the day, man. Turned out the whole weekend was good, but Friday was the day. If you don't hear this song and hum around to it for a week or two straight, then we clearly have different tastes in life. They actually opened the show at 12:45 Friday night with Metallica for whom the bell freaking tolls. They didn't sing the song, but they played an instrumental about two and a half minutes of the. You know, Done. I was like this is Metallica what the hell is going on uh, later on they played a, a Pink Floyd breaking the wall to close this set out and shortly before the end of the set they played don't look back in anger with shout out to uh, Manchester Tennessee and the uh, bombings at the arena there just a little while back Bonnaroo 2017 is in the books At Stone On Air on all social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat. Some quick videos, pictures from the entire weekend try to be quick and to the point on a lot of that. It's not just kind of randomly, aimlessly, you know, shooting the phone up in the air. I, I try to catch the good parts. And if you want to go back and watch the Times Free Press video with Barry, Leslie, and myself, I, I, was, I was really happy that they asked me to do that because I thought it was a lot of fun and it was a lot of exposure, too. So if you want to check that out, that's the quickest way you'll find that is on the Facebook page. Um, so uh, all you got to do is search it out. If you want to find it, you can. If you if you don't, that's fine, too. No big deal. Not worried about it. Bonnaroo's attendance bounces back with 65K turning out for YouTube 2 weekend and more. This is from Billboard.com. 43% rise over last year after a big attendance drop in 2016. This past weekend's Bonnaroo, the 8th through the 11th, has made up for lost ground with more than 65,000 fans each day in attendance, according to a source at Live Nation. The attendance rise represented a nearly 43% increase over last year when Nashville newspaper The Tennessean reported that Bonnaroo's daily attendance hit an all-time low of 45,000 people, 28,000 tickets down from the year before. I mean, can you imagine going? I mean, this is me going away from the piece. Can you imagine going to work in any capacity and saying that you were down twenty eight thousand sales from the year before, and you and your what you're selling isn't all that much different? That was a that was a dicey, dangerous situation. And and even when I saw that the initial lineup and didn't love it, I still really, really was. I don't know if is the right word because I wasn't I wasn't sure enough to be optimistic, but I was hopeful that this lineup would turn it around. It looks like they did. That decline cost Live Nation Entertainment an estimated $9 million in ticket sales. In 2015, they reach attendance of almost 73, then drops down to 45, and then now back up into the neighborhood of 65. That's good making progress and adding new stages and adding new kinds of acts and trying to get younger because, in the end, it's a young person's festival. It's a very hard weekend. People like me, pushing 40 years old, average guy, just considering what they're going to do with their summer, doesn't usually think about going to Bonnaroo anymore. And so you need to appeal to the 20, or maybe go further back earlier than younger than that, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, that's who you need there, and that's what they got this year, and it was a nice bounce back, and I'm really happy to see it. Medically-related issues has been a big problem with Bonnaroo over the years because of mainly, in the end, the heat. The heat is so bad at times. If you don't take care of yourself, you're going to run into problems no matter what your age or no matter what you're consuming or what you are or aren't doing, but medical-related re- issues this year were down to the lowest it's ever been in 16 years. The number of medical calls at this year's Bonnaroo was the lowest in the history of the festival, Coffee County Emergency Medical Service officials said on Monday. Most of the 30 medical transportation calls, meaning taking you off the farm, off the property, and to the hospital, was right around 30. And most of those were a variety of issues, like the typical things you're used to, heat exhaustion, uh, cuts, bruises, chest pains, blisters, sunburn, dehydration and are among the most common medical issues that come up during the festival. Authorities said that the yearly average over the 16 years of medical transportations off the farm and to a medical facility is around 50. But in some prior years, medical workers have transported an excess of 100 people over the course of the weekend. So that number down this year to the lowest it's been, in the festival's history, and really the main reason for that is it never got above 90, and if it did on Sunday, it only did for a minute, and it was 80 to 85 from Thursday to Saturday. That's a big part of it, and kids are dumb, and sometimes older people have problems when you mix the wrong thing with the wrong kind of temperatures, but all in all, more very nice, positive news for this year's edition of the Bonnaroo Music Festival. This is from a, a piece from Consequence of Sound. It's a, uh, I don't know what it'd be like, you've heard of more of, not BuzzFeed, but basically just a, uh, a, a an app, a, a, a social media handle, a content creation of just links and articles and videos and the kind of typical stuff you find on the internet. And I really liked this piece. It's from David Brendan Hall, contributing writer for Consequence of Sound. At 16 years old this year, the Bonnaroo Music Festival reached its true adolescent peak, which was reflected in a few significant alterations to its format and flow. Most notably, the typically diverse Other Tent was transformed into a dedicated EDM stage, now simply referred to as The Other. To be clear, Bonnaroo hasn't grown into some immature teenager, if anything, It has improved in its capacity as one of the most creatively presented, professionally organized, and safely run festivals in the world. Rather, the changes are more reflective of some relenting to the paradigm shift. Increasingly younger attendings craving more currently popular acts, sweeping practically every multi-day music event, trying to stay relevant and financially afloat among the seemingly exponentially growing numbers, crowding the almost to burst festival bubble. All in all, the gamble appears to have paid off. After alarmingly low ticket sales in 2016, this year's attendance has reported between 60 and 70,000. Goes on to talk about some of the things we've already talked about here, and and, and, and I don't want to bore you with too much of the, the anecdotal parts of this, but it closes with, once you enter, you're suddenly thrust into a challenging yet epically fun environment. The social playing field is leveled and the best can be made of any situation. It helped this year that the weather was absolutely perfect all weekend. In parentheses. The hope is that the new generations of attendees will take this unique, unifying experience, one where a common denominator of humanity and unconditional love is experienced by way of love for live music and prescribe it to their lives outside of the festival. Truly, a pledge to radiate positivity is needed more now than ever in these trying times. Thank you, as always, Bonnaroo, for the inspiration. And, that, I mean, it's I say it every year. I say it over and over again, and I think sometimes people think I might be exaggerating. When I'm on that farm, when I'm on that 700-acre piece of land in Manchester, Tennessee, It makes me a different person, just in the sense of my patience levels change, my positivity levels certainly rise. I mean, I'm always going to get a little irritated. I mean, I can never get away from that. But how I handle it and how I approach things are completely different. And I love small talk, and I love spending time with people that I enjoy being with. And every year I do that, and I do think that if some of that can spill out into real life, That is a high-quality thing for the world, for America, for your community, for everything. The final piece I got here is I get out of here and call this thing a night here on the Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose for June 14th. Bonnaroo and County, which would be Coffee County, begin contract renewal talks. This is from Tuesday, so that would be yesterday, if you're listening on the day that this is released, which is released every Wednesday, your download destination, the weekly dose, from the Manchester Times, which is a paper that only releases a paper once a week, That's every Wednesday. Coffee County has begun negotiations with Bonnaroo Music organizers to renew the mutual understanding between the two parties. Because of the significant increase of population for the days of the event, there's an additional financial stress for the county associated with providing health, safety, and other services, according to county officials. Festival organizers pick up the bill for this additional cost. The agreement was first negotiated in 2006 and was last signed on in 2014 for a three-year contract period, which ends at the end of June on the 30th. The county receives $30,000 a year in addition to $3 for each ticket sold. Bonnaroo makes that contribution no later than five business days following the closing of the event. In addition to the contributions from these fees, Bonnaroo also must reimburse the county within 60 days of the festival's end for expenses related to services provided because of the event. Going back to the health and safety, police, all those kinds of things. The flat fee of $30,000 a year and the $3 per ticket fee was negotiated in 06 when 80000 were here every year. But now I'm just kind of paraphrasing. As the attendance went down a little bit, that dropped the money a little bit. And that's where now they're having a little bit of a... Conversation on money, and I'll just put the wraps on that. So county officials are optimistic that the number of ticket sales will be significantly higher this year, which we've already gone over. That they were significantly higher this year. No exact numbers given, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, 60 to 70,000, but probably closer to 60. But Coffee County's got to get some money out of this deal. I mean, I'm driving around this little, little tiny town of Manchester on that Wednesday, as I was mentioning earlier and it's a disaster if you lived in that city i don't know how you wouldn't be able to do anything i don't know what the hell you'd be doing anyway because it's without bonnaroo it's the most boring city on the planet but i still understand having your daily lives disrupted and and having your entire emergency services and, and 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 everybody who does anything for that matter being completely disrupted so Hopefully they get that worked out. I mean, they're not going anywhere, so they're going to get it worked out, but hopefully everybody's happy when it's done. And Bonnaroo 2017 is in the books, and so is this podcast. It was another incredible weekend. As you've heard me talk about here recently, if I get a good April and I get a good June, then I'm going to have a good year. And my April was freaking incredible, and halfway through June has been fantastic. So, I'm enjoying life, I hope you are as well. I deserved it after a disaster of a 2016, and you probably deserved it because at some point you had a disaster of a portion of your life as well. We all deserve to have a high quality of life, but you certainly do have to work at it. It's not up to chance and luck, it's up to you as well. So, do not be a fraud. Be true, be authentic, be real. The truth is easy to remember, And this space continues to grow in 2016. And I appreciate you guys being here and I ask you to continue to watch it. We'll talk to you again soon. Y'all enjoy yourselves. See ya. Bye.